Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things, and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up, and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, and today we're talking about getting more done in less time. When it comes to time management, the first thing everyone says is to stop watching so much Netflix. And while that is a valid suggestion, sometimes we just need to veg out in front of the TV and it does us no good to beat ourselves up about it. And I'm certainly not going to give up my binge watching. But there are some other things that you can do to make the most of the time you do have while you are engaged in your business. And it doesn't mean you can't be productive while you're watching Netflix. Sometimes I write Instagram captions during that time. Sometimes I mindlessly scroll Instagram so that I'm not mindlessly scrolling when I'm supposed to be working. And after working one-on-one with clients and going through my own struggle of getting a lot done in a short amount of time, I've picked up a few tricks along the way, and that's what I want to share with you today. So if you regularly feel overwhelmed or like you just don't know how you're going to get it all done, this episode is definitely for you. And even if you don't feel that way or you have a team that does a lot of stuff for you, there's probably still a nugget or two in here. So keep on listening. The first thing I want to talk to you about, this is definitely the biggest culprit for the majority of the people I know, including myself, and I'm still a work in progress on this, but It's context switching. So how many of you pride yourself on being a multitasker? I did too, until I learned that by switching back and forth between tasks, you can lose up to like 40% of your productivity or something crazy like that. Don't quote me on that statistic. Depends where you read. But it's proven that you lose a lot of time by going back and forth between tasks. Let's say you're planning an email campaign and you're putting the content together. And then you hear a customer service email come through. So you go and answer that email. Well, now you have to go read the email compute what the customer is saying to you, what are they asking for, think about how you're going to respond to it and respond to the email. Then you have to go back to what you were doing before. And so your brain has to keep switching gears, right? Customer service, creative email, sales, not really the same thing. So your brain has to switch gears And every time you do that, you start to like deplete your mental energy and you ultimately don't even do either of those things super well. And because you're spending that time trying to figure out, okay, wait, where did I leave off? What was I working on? Where did I have this? That is time that you are just wasting away. 
And there are so many studies that talk about this and that have proven this to be true. So first thing is, if you pride yourself on being a multitasker, know that and I think it, the statistic is like only 2% of the population is actually good at multitasking. And the majority of the people who do try and multitask are not actually good at it. And they're not part of that 2%. So the first thing that you can do is start to batch similar tasks together. And I have a couple examples so you can kind of understand what this means. And the first one is, I don't know how much you cook. I don't really cook a lot because I don't get a ton of joy out of it. But if I'm trying to follow a recipe, I find it much easier to cook the meal if I pre-measure all of my ingredients up front instead of trying to measure as I go, right? Because I'm thinking about the timing of when does this start and, oh, okay, but I need a half a cup of this and, oh, but this is dry, so I need to measure it in this instead of pouring it in here, That's a lot going on. So if I can just focus on measuring everything first, then I can go through that recipe step by step, add my ingredients as it's called for, and it's much easier to watch everything on the stove or in the oven. Another thing is think about the assembly line. I am certainly not a historian, so check my facts, but the assembly line was around long before Henry Ford perfected it, and he did that in the early 1900s. And of course, he had a few iterations along the way, but ultimately it saved like 10 hours or nine hours, something like that in the process of building a car. Now, part of that was the mechanical piece that actually moved what they were building. But there was a person doing the same job over and over and over again every time that structure got in front of them. That's all they had to do. And I don't know about you, I'd be super fucking bored if I only did one thing over and over day in and day out. And it's unlikely that at any point in your CEO journey, you would only have one responsibility. But the idea is to take the concept of it and apply it to your day-to-day working schedule. You'll have to figure out how this best fits into your overall workflow, but the main goal is to stick to the same type of task at any one time. So here's a few examples to kind of get you thinking about how you can implement this in your business. So instead of creating one Instagram post every day, create a week's worth in one sitting. Or instead of answering every customer service email as it comes in, set aside a couple of time slots in the day, maybe once in the morning, once in the afternoon before you ship out your packages for the day, and then once again before the day is done, and you just sit down and bang out all of those customer service emails at once. This way, Whatever other tasks you're working on, whether it is planning that email campaign or thinking about your next marketing strategy or ordering product or doing inventory, whatever it is, you can focus 100% on that and you're not constantly interrupted by email notifications. This was a game changer for me. I turned off all my alerts. I don't get interrupted by emails anymore. And you know what? Nobody's complained and said it took me too long to get back to them. 
Another way you can approach this is consider designating specific days for specific types of tasks. So maybe you set aside one day a week. That's your creative day. That's where you create all your content, your emails, your social media, whatever marketing plans you have. And then you set different days to do all the operational pieces of your business, like accounting, inventory management, ordering product, etc. And if you have a team that you outsource things to that does this sort of stuff, encourage them to do the same thing, right? Teach them about this so that they can also be more productive on your time. It is your time because you're paying them. And you want to make sure that everyone on your team understands that this is what's expected um, and what everyone's days are. So for example, if you know hey, this is my creative day. I need to be able to focus on these days. Like, please don't interrupt me or I need these two hours uninterrupted so I can focus 100% on what I'm doing so that everyone on your team can respect the flow of everyone else on the team. And another example here is the company I work for, our lunch break is actually scheduled and everyone goes to lunch at the same time. And when I first started working there, I hated it and was like, seriously, like we're not in school. We should just be able to eat when we're hungry. But it actually works out really well because everybody is available and unavailable at the same time right? The entire company knows, the store staff all across the country know that during this hour is the time where you can't get in touch with the corporate office unless it's like an emergency, right? Like if it's an IT emergency, there's someone there. But they know that they need to kind of work around that time. And it really does work best for everyone. It makes it so much easier when you're trying to schedule meetings with outside vendors because you know Like we can never have a meeting at this time, et cetera. And here's the thing. When you let your team know, hey, I'm not going to be available during this time, they're going to be much more likely to take initiative to figure stuff out. What I have learned is if people have easy access to ask a question and get a quick answer, they're more likely to do that instead of just like taking a couple extra minutes to like think through it or do a little bit of research and potentially come up with the answer on their own. And I get it. Sometimes you just want them to come to you to get the answer because you don't want them whittling the day away, trying to figure everything out on their own. But sometimes they really do already know the answer. They're just being a little bit lazy to think about it. And just like those email notifications, every time someone on your team pops in your office or your inbox, depending upon how you're set up, you are getting distracted from the things that you should be focusing on. And that leads me to my next point, which is to create processes and procedures for your business. You want to document everything. Do all the work up front so they don't need to keep popping in and ask you questions. And even if it's just you right now, the sooner you can start documenting everything, the easier it will be when you're ready to start passing things off. And while outsourcing the things you don't like doing is great and you should, 
it still takes work to have a team because you need to lead them along the way. Plus, when you're actually creating these systems and processes, it's going to give you a lot of insight into all the steps it actually takes to complete something. And you'll likely find a few inefficiencies along the way that you can fine tune to save some time. I recently brought on a VA to help me with the post-production of this podcast. I do already have an editor, but I needed someone to help creating the freebies that I do, set up the blog post, the weekly newsletter, creating graphics to promote the podcast, all those things. And even before I started looking for someone, I documented every step I took to complete those. I even recorded quick videos that said, okay, in WordPress, this is where you go. You create the post. This is how, you know, where the saved blocks are for the layout. And this is where you add the alt tag to the image, like literally every single step. And not only does it make my VA's job way more enjoyable because she knows exactly what steps she has to take and what my expectations are, but it eliminates the questions and the distractions because if she forgets or is like, oh, wait, I don't remember how to do that, it's already written out and recorded for her. And so she can just go get the answer. So I've included everything from, you know, how to set up the email and the sign up form, the post. There's a step by step breakdown. And when I was creating those, I was like, holy shit, like this is a lot of steps. No wonder I felt so overwhelmed trying to get it all done. And my VA is going to get all those things done faster because that is her main focus. Whereas for me, I'm thinking about everything else I need to do in my business and what's coming up next. And for her, she's just focused on getting those tasks done. So she's doing it a lot more efficiently than I am. If you can't pass it off just yet, create that same sort of situation for you where you can just focus on that task at hand and you will be more efficient at it. This can also look like canned customer service responses, right? That you create in advance and just require a copy and paste. You can put in end of day procedures to get you set up for the next day. If you've ever worked in a restaurant, then you are familiar with side work, right? So that's where every server in a restaurant has a specific set of side work they do during their shift to set up the next shift. And that could be creating place settings, refilling condiment dispensers. And you can do that same thing in your e-com business. So maybe you are refilling shipping materials at the end of the day. You put together boxes for the next day's shipping. You print out all your packing slips ahead of time. Figure out whatever it is that you can batch in your business that is the same task and document all of it. And you know what? When you create these, they're not set in stone. As you bring on more team members and you know maybe they specialize in something, right? Maybe they're really good at organization and processes and they're going to help you with shipping. So let them utilize their expertise. They can make the process even better. You update the processes and procedures as you go. But this way, there's already something set to start with that they can refine from. Another thing you want to try and do is to automate as much as possible. 
So I'm just going to touch on this today because I will totally do a separate episode on more specific processes you can implement, some tools to help you do that. But ultimately, take as many opportunities as you can to automate the processes in your business. Everything from scheduling your Instagram posts in advance, automating responses to those common customer service chats, batch printing labels from a shipping software, and even putting your shipping supplies on auto delivery are ways you can save a ton of time in your business. And each little thing, it seems like it's only saving you a few minutes here or there, but those minutes will add up very quick, my friend. All right. So this next one, I will admit I am 100% guilty of this, is consuming too much content. I definitely catch myself in the Instagram scroll, but that is probably some of the most unproductive time ever. If you want to scroll, do it while you're vegging out, watching Netflix. Not when you set aside time to be productive on your business. We're all human. We definitely need to take mental breaks, but try and give yourself a time limit, set an alarm, because that time will fly by so fast. And even when it comes to educational content like this podcast, I obviously want you to listen and I'm super grateful that you do. But if you never take action on anything I share, you're not going to see any results. So while it's really cool to think, hey, people are binge listening to my podcast, that's fucking badass. But I'd rather you listen to an episode and then go implement some things. So consume and then act because I want you to see results. So please don't ever forget that. Whatever educational content you're taking in, make sure that you're taking action on it. And remember that for you running an e-commerce business, if you're using social media to drive traffic to your website, that try and use it for that more than you use it for aimlessly scrolling miles on your Instagram feed. All right, we've got two more to go. And this one here is a huge problem, and that is you're focusing on the wrong things. Sometimes we can get caught up in shit, right? We feel like we have to do stuff, we should ourselves, and ultimately it's not a revenue-generating activity. So if we have a finite amount of time to focus on our business, whatever your situation is, and you don't have a team to outsource things to, there's no way you can do all the things. So it's really important that we get an understanding of what activities actually make us money and what doesn't. And that's going to be different for everyone, right? And in the last episode Nope, not the last one, the one before that. Episode number seven, the number reason why you can't pay yourself. I talked about the importance of knowing your numbers. If you haven't listened to that, definitely go back because it's got a great breakdown and a freebie of what numbers you should be looking at in your business. But once you have a handle on those and you understand your numbers and what is driving revenue for you, then you'll know better where you should spend most of your time. So for instance, if you know that every time you send an email campaign, you generate $1,000, but on Instagram, you only generate about $500 a month. If you can't do both, which one should you do? You should send the email because it's going to make you more money. 
So I want you to start paying close attention to the results you're getting from all the different activities you're doing in your business and make sure you double down on what's working and drop or pull back on the things that are not. Last one on the list. I want to recap these other ones before I get into this last one because I've got I've got some opinions on that one. So the first thing is context switching that we talked about, right? And this is where you go from one kind of task to another. So you want to try and batch similar tasks together either in blocks of time during an individual day, or you can make certain days be dedicated to certain types of tasks. You want to create processes and procedures in your business so everyone knows the steps that it takes and there's a reference and you will learn along the way how much work it's actually taking you to complete things. You want to automate as much as possible And stick around because I will eventually have another episode that goes more in depth on that. You are consuming too much content. So you want to take action more than you consume or create if you are driving business through content marketing. And you could be focusing on the wrong things. So you want to get a handle on your numbers and know which activities in your business drive the most revenue for you. All right. This is the last one. And I left this for last because I have strong opinions on this one. So girl, listen up. You need to keep your eyes on your own paper. Yes, competitor research is an important part of running a business. But if you're following all their social channels and keeping tabs on everything they do, That is time and energy you are wasting on them instead of putting it into your own business. And in all my experience, all the companies I've worked for, the entrepreneurs that I've consulted with, all this does is distract you, makes you second guess yourself, and takes your eye off of the damn ball. And large corporate companies are guilty as fuck when it comes to this too. And it's a waste of damn time. So look, you can do competitive research, but you've got to be self-aware and take stock of the effect that it's having on you. If you find yourself in constant comparison with everyone else and it just is keeping you from taking action in your own business, you need to stop that shit right now. If it drives you, right, if you see what other people are accomplishing and it drives you to work harder, that's different. But you've got to get real with yourself on how you react to that information you take in. And most people, it's not a driver. It's a distractor. And there's another thing about this. You have no fucking idea what's actually going on behind the scenes over that competitor you keep looking at, okay? There are a lot of big retailers out there that are struggling right now, bankruptcies, layoffs, the whole nine yards, companies that are not turning a profit, they're running in the red and losing money. And unless you have a mole that can give you all the ins and outs of what's really going on behind the scenes, What you see on the outside, it means nothing. So stop comparing yourself to them. For all you know, they are fucking broke, okay? 
Just like there are influencers out there that have hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and they don't make no money. So you don't know. So don't compare yourself to them. Focus on you. Keep your eyes on your own paper. And instead of looking to all of your competitors trying to figure out what's cool and next and what are they doing, just ask your damn customers what they want from you. Send them a survey. Do a poll on social. There's so many ways that you can gather intel from your customers now. And ultimately, your job is to serve them. So just ask them what they want and then give them what they ask for. It doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. And I'll give you an example of how I've kind of incorporated this even into my own business. So when I was first on Instagram... I talked a shit ton about email marketing and I I still talk about email marketing, but there was this one day that I did a post about driving traffic to your website, right? And it was just sort of this like super high level. I just kind of skimmed over a few things, but that post got so much interaction and engagement that I created more posts about driving traffic because you told me that's what you wanted by that action. And some of the main competitors in my space, they're not necessarily talking about driving traffic to your website. So if I were paying attention to what all of them were doing, I would have missed the signal that that's the kind of content that you really wanted from me. So your customers will tell you so much more about the direction that you should go in your business than your competitors can ever show you. Please keep your eyes on your own paper. It is not worth it to get wrapped up in all the other crap that's going on around you, especially when, for all you know, those businesses are actually broke. And all I want for you is for you to build a business that you love and that makes you money. And looking at what everybody else is doing ain't going to get you there. All right, darling. That's everything I have for you today. I hope that you've gotten some ideas and the wheels are turning on how you can just overall be more productive in the day-to-day of your business, get more things done, focus on what really matters, Put those revenue generating activities at the top of your list and just kick some damn ass because I know you can. If you're not already in the e commerce badassery Facebook group, I would love for you to join. It's still a small group, but it's really awesome because I'm starting to see people engage and support each other when someone submits a question and I see the other group members chiming in. It just like, oh my God, it lights me up. I get so freaking excited. Really building that community. That is my goal is to bring more of you guys together. So I would love to see you over there and I will see you on the flip side, friend. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you're looking to surround yourself with more product entrepreneurs who totally get your life right now, get your booty on over to the e-commerce badassery Facebook group. Can't wait to see you there. Until next time, e-commerce friends, stay badass.